HUPLP Hillsboro, North Carolina. This is Dirty White Belt Radio. Innovative, often duplicated When enough people get on the trend I elevate it, make it way harder For them to follow what I take It hard to swallow like a lozenger lodged In your trachea Goodness gracious bruh, I can never make this up So just take your stuff Rake it up and take the bus Never fake the funk, you painted skunks You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space So the weight is up Fight. Welcome to another episode of Dirty White Belt Radio, everyone. My name is Jeff Shaw. We have a special show for you today, special in many senses. First, because it's going to be our last show of 2016. I'm excited for 2016 to be over. I know many of you are as well. And excited for the new year to come. So as such, we have a couple of interesting segments that we're going to do today. Because we have a week left to shop before Christmas... We're going to do our holiday gift guide, which we annually do on the blog, and today we're doing a show about as well. That will be one of our main segments. Second main segment, we're going to talk about, we're going to, we have a new, a bit of a new recurring feature, which is called Jeff Explains the Rules. Uh, there are all kinds of etiquette phenomena in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like there are in any subculture. And joining me today to explore that is someone who has a bit of a different perspective on Jiu-Jitsu than I do. I am, as you know, obsessed with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, learn it, love it, live it, and have been doing it for many years and joining me today in the studio is my favorite two-stripe white belt who has a much more broad set of interests and is a bit newer to the art my expensive radio consultant my favorite two-stripe white belt betsy o'donovan how are you doing today betsy i am very happy to be here how are you i am great and i'm very excited for today's show we're going to get right into it uh first i'm going to let you know how to get a hold of the show you can always email us at cagedwhup at gmail.com you can get at us on twitter and instagram at dirty white belt or dwb radio on twitter our facebook page is at dirty white belt and you can also always subscribe to the show on itunes and if you like us leave us a review um, really quick news segment. I want to congratulate everybody who got promoted yesterday. Uh, this is belt promotion season, and although the Forged Fitness BJJ blowout, which is usually in December, isn't going to occur until mid-January, Triangle Jiu-Jitsu in Durham, North Carolina, did have our annual holiday party yesterday, December 17th. I want to congratulate everybody who got a couple, who got stripes, and a couple people I want to shout out, specifically those who got new belts. Shane Kirk, who's one of my dedicated early morning Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu folks that trains with me at 6 or 6.30 in the morning every every. Tuesday and Thursday, earned his blue belt after a really successful self-defense demonstration. Really proud and really happy for Shane. So congratulations. Also, one of the more dedicated students um, in jiu-jitsu in the Carolinas uh, is Mike DiPetrillo. And Mike, you know, is a, is a, has been training with me for four years, uh, you know, uh, training under Seth Champ at uh, Triangle Jiu-Jitsu in Durham, but also spends a lot of time at Chapel Hill Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. He's in the gym all the time, keeps his head down and trains. Mike was promoted to a well-deserved purple belt yesterday and also got the coveted Student of the Year Award at Triangle Jiu-Jitsu Academy. And so big congratulations to Mike. We will keep you posted on all the other big belt promotions that happen. Happen, especially once the forged uh, BJJ blowout happens in mid-January. I know that I am really excited for that. So without further ado, it's the holiday season. It's December 17th, and uh, is it the 17th? Or is it's the 18th. It's the 18th. Me and Linear Time have always had a bit of an uneasy relationship, and Betsy has, in addition to having a better radio voice than me, a much better sense of Linear Time. So we're going to talk to you about 
because you still have a few shopping days and because of these of the of this being the era of Amazon drones that can send things God bless I know I mean what did, what do we ever do without them once they invent that Star Trek matter transporter it'll get even easier but so I have some ideas about what you know every year on the dirty white belt blog I do a blog post called the gift guide that is here's what you get for your friend your training partner your significant other whoever it is in your life that cares more about Brazilian jiu-jitsu than any reasonable human should here's what you get that person but of course I come at this from a particular perspective that of a purple belt that's been training for many years uh, for whom jiu-jitsu has been all-consuming and so I wanted to talk to you Betsy as someone who's been training but not for super long and someone who sort of observes culture in a thoughtful way about what you might think would be some of the best gift guides Uh, the best gift items Uh, and so I thought that we could just trade off and go and each of us could give a gift idea that people who are listening to the show could get the person they care about who cares about who cares about Brazilian jiu-jitsu how does that sound I am ready well if you're ready then why don't we start with you what what is the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about Brazilian jiu-jitsu gifts I mean geese always always geese Um, and as somebody who is a baby jujitsu practitioner. I have one gi. I was very proud and excited to buy it. Uh, and I spend a whole lot of time thinking about what my second gi is going to be. <laughs> well, I have a suggestion for your second gi. And, uh, and I'm going I'm to give that suggestion before we play, the th- the, uh, before we play a, a little sound that supports what you've said, a little sound file that supports what you've said, which is, uh, you know, Toro Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has a gi, a Jeff Shaw gi, that, which I designed. And I hate to shill, but this is this is my favorite gi, and it's available uh, now. So if you're looking for a terrific gi, that is a, an excellent choice. You can get uh, at Cageside Fight Company or at Cageside.com. Uh, before Betsy and I continue, uh, I just want to lift up that uh, the gi is a very popular answer. And in fact, I have spent the last week asking some training partners what they think the best Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gift is. And so you're going to hear me and Betsy's ideas over the next you know, 20 minutes or so. But before that, I want you to hear this. What's the best jujitsu Christmas present? New geese. I guess a new gi. A gi. A new Toro gi. Jujitsu Christmas present. A private lesson? More classes? Uh, private with Seth. Oh, you can eat sushi. What's the best jujitsu Christmas present? New geese. I guess a new gi. Uh, gee. Cauliflower ear to your least favorite training partner? <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. A roll with your instructor. Uh, ankle wraps. Jiu-jitsu Christmas present. A private lesson? More classes? Uh, private with Seth. A new gee. How familiar is CD? Privates. What is, what is the best jujitsu oh Christmas present? <laughs> um, stamina. <laughs> a one get out of Hamid's wrist lock free card I would love to get one of those as a stocking stuffer what's the best jujitsu Christmas present I don't know <laughs> I have no idea I'm too tired So 
So as you can hear from that collection of answers, Betsy's first thought, uh, the gi, is a common theme among jujitsu practitioners. It's a really nice gift. Nobody's ever going to be sad that you show up with a nice new gi for, for them in the holidays, right? And, you know, it's, it's a necessary part of training. Gis are really comfortable, personal. And we got some ideas bo- uh, about particular gis to give. If you're not in the market for a gi, because a gi is also a big gift. It's not the kind of thing that you're going to give to you know, somebody that you aren't prepared to invest a certain amount of money in. Um, I would like to lift up some of the other answers as well. And so me and Betsy are going to trade off about our answers. Uh, So we started off with a gi. I would like to also suggest a private lesson, either with your instructor or a favored Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner that the person that you're giving the gift to that you know that they're they're enamored with. Okay, we have to talk about this. Yeah, for sure. So here's the thing. Last year when I was trying to think of a Christmas gift for my favorite purple belt, uh, I really wanted to get a private lesson for him. But um, here's the thing. As somebody who wasn't in the jiu-jitsu world yet, I had no idea where to start. So what do people who don't practice jiu-jitsu, how do you do that detective work? This is a great question, and I have, I have sort of two answers. I have the safe answer and then the bold answer. The safe answer is it's never wrong to buy a private with your instructor because your instructor is the person that sees you training every day. They probably have a much better idea about your game, you know, what you're good at, what you're bad at, what you need to improve on to get to that next level than basically anyone else. So, you know, you heard some of the sound file people suggesting privates with Seth Champ, who is my instructor. Like, I will say, Seth knows my jiu-jitsu better than anybody else in the world, and so it would never be a bad idea to get a private with that person's instructor because they'll be like, okay, Jeff's good at getting out of side control but really needs work in terms of passing the guard or whatever it is. And so that's sort of the safe answer. That's something you can never go wrong with. For the more adventurous person, this requires a bit of detective work. And here's how I suggest going about doing that. the good news is this detective work is easier than actual police work because jujitsu people love to talk about jujitsu. And what I would do is if you want to buy a private or, 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 or buy a seminar, for example, for someone that, that, that you care about, ask them about who their favorite jujitsu practitioners are. Like, hey, who do you, who's the best going right now? Who's, who's the best person for you to watch? And the thing about jiu-jitsu people is we love to talk about jiu-jitsu. And so you will generally get like, oh, man, you know, Hoffa Mendes is the best in the world. You know, I would, he's my dream. But, you know, who's also amazing? One of the best teachers is Dave Camarillo. Whenever he comes through, I learn so much from him. Or, you know, the best competitor, you know, for the kind of game that I want to do, maybe I'm a leg lock guy. Maybe I really love, you know, Gary Tonin's leg locks or Eddie Cummings' leg locks or, you know, or whoever it is. And so a little bit of interrogation goes the own way. If you're not brave enough to just straight up ask, you can also look at their jiu-jitsu video collection and see what they've watched the most. And so if somebody owns a Shanji Hibero DVD, chances are that would be a great answer. Or if someone, uh, you know, if you know that someone took a private with Samantha Fallhaber when she came through or with Valerie Worthington, then those would be good answers. And that's how I would suggest going about. So if you you want to play it safe, it's never a bad idea to get a private with the instructor, but a little more interrogation can, uh, can yield good results as well. And so that's how I would suggest going about that. So we have two answers for the gift guide now, Betsy, and it's back to you. So what are some what are some other ideas that you would have? Best thing that happened to me this year was getting a, well, no, it was a really good year. But one of the best jujitsu things that happened to me was getting a custom mouse card. Um, and it was super fun and super easy and also ended up on Instagram pretty hilariously. So I got a Gladiator mouse card and they make it really easy. They ship them to your house and with like one of those dentist bite kits and you do two for a backup copy and then you mail it back and like two weeks later you have this killer mouth guard and to 
to get the first one cost, I think, 85 bucks, but your second one only costs 25 because they keep the mold for your mouth. So I would say that is a money choice. That's a terrific answer. And, the, and the, the, to elevate the last thing that you, that you brought up, as someone that loses things all the time, um, it, it, Gladiator Guards does a great job with the replacement because having, ha, once they have the bite mold, they, like you said, they can make another. And I'm someone that misplaces everything. My, my first mouth guard, I accidentally stuck in the dryer. And oh, so, God. yeah, it was brutal. It came out looking like a wad of chewing gum, it, but not as delicious. <laughs> so a custom mouth guard is a great answer. I mean, and if you want to do a stocking stuffer, you're not going to go wrong with a boil and bite as just like a fun thing to do. But, and you know, another good thing that I'll elevate, like one of the that we're we're lucky here in North Carolina to have Cage Side Fight Shop nearby because so few communities are lucky enough to have a brick and mortar location where you can go in and check things out. So we mentioned geese, and now we've mentioned mouth guards. How do you know what gee to buy? Geese are very personal. How do you know what mouth guard options you have? It's really helpful to go into a brick and mortar location. Online shopping is amazing, and it's great to be able to like buy something of it shipped to your house in a couple days. But it's also really helpful if you're looking for a gi to say like, okay, how is this going to fit? I can roll into cage side, put a gi on, you know, see, see what it really, what it fits like, or look at the different mouth guard options. Like what what's the the advantage to a boil and bite versus a custom mouth guard? From my perspective, I would say. A custom mouth guard is really, really worth the price of admission because the difference of, you know, 10, 20 bucks, you know, depending on how, how, uh, how much you want to invest, just for safety and peace of mind, as well as comfort, I will say that, like, I've done the boil and bite since I was in high school wrestling, and the custom mouth guards are so much more comfortable, they, they allow you to breathe so much more effectively that, you know, it, it's totally worth the extra, you know, 20 to 50 bucks from my perspective. So uh, we've so so far we've had we talked about geese we've talked about privates with your instructor and we've talked about custom mouth guards something that I want to want to mention that every jiu-jitsu practitioner needs is a really good gear bag and I am an obsessive bag consumer because you you know for every job there is a perfect tool and so we all have stuff to carry around and we all have different needs, right? Like some of us just do grappling. A lot of us do, in, you know, some of us prefer the gi. Some of us like to do no gi stuff. A lot of us do striking as well. And so the size of bag that you want is going to vary. I will mention, I will throw out two bags that I've really, really enjoyed. Like my two favorite bags. Uh, the first was a cage side mesh bag that lasted me for many years. I used it for, and it was, it was all mesh. And so I liked it because it could air out the sweaty junk. Um, and because I, I like to scuba dive and snorkel, you could also put, you know, fins and such like that without, without having it get soaked. I'm not sure if they're making that anymore, but, it, but if they are, I really like mesh bags for this purpose. The downside to the mesh bag is that it, it doesn't last as long simply because there's not as much cloth or fabric and one rip is going to, is going to become a major issue in a hurry. Um, the bag that I have now that I'm really happy with is the Datsasara core, core gear bag pro, which is a big duffel bag that has a strap and it's made out of hemp and so it's antimicrobial naturally it doesn't smell it lasts a long time and it's a it's sort of a classic looking black bag um these are sort of high-end items in that the Dutchessara makes a series of bags i'm mentioning the bag of mine that is the favorite i know that one of, i think sean zorio has the Dutchessara backpack uh, my friend sean zorio black belt from pendergrass who we've interviewed on the show and so for me as somebody that loves the ghee and loves to have a versatile bag that can also travel, having a, a huge bag is super necessary. And so that's why I like that bag, in addition to the antimicrobial aspects. Important question here. Mm. 
Uh, how do you spell datasaurus? <laughs> it's the, it's actually datasaurus rex. It's like it's just, no. <laughs> Are we going to post these on the blog? No, we're absolutely going to post all these on the blog. I'm going I'm to make a blog gift guide, which is the tradition. But it's datsusara. It's a Japanese word that actually means um, passion project. So it's like in in Japan, if you you go on datsusara, it's like you leave your comfortable, safe job and then go do something that you really care about, which is what Chris from datsusara did. Um, when starting the company, but it's D-A-T-S-U-S-A-R-A, and look for this on DirtyWhiteBelt.com because we're going to post the whole gift guide after the show. Cool. Is it my turn? Yeah. I mean, you're welcome to offer your thoughts on bags or just go on to the next item. Oh, no. I have an idea for the next item. It's very important. Take note. Sports massage. Mary Holmes. I ran into Mary Holmes uh, in Carborough the other day, and I was whining about back pain, which is an inevitable part. I don't know anybody who does jujitsu who wakes up anything but sore uh but mary had had some back problems she recommended this guy kelly cox in durham who's the massage therapist for the uh, carolina and duke swimming and diving teams and i have been uh scrolling through his website with plans for the new year yeah, sports massage is a great idea. Like, I know that a lot of people swear by, like, and, and, you know, this is a little different than sports massage, but a lot of people swear by Dr. Jason, the chiropractor who's based in Raleigh. Um, but a good massage, like, a good massage is never a bad idea from my perspective, especially in terms of alleviating muscle soreness. As you say, if you don't wake up sore after doing jujitsu, you probably haven't done enough jujitsu. Um, and additionally, the, 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 what I like about this suggestion is that it's broad enough to encompass whatever experience and skill level of jujitsu you're at, right? Like, I can't think of a black belt that would be mad if you got them a sports massage. And I can't think of a white belt that would be mad. Like, if you, if you, if, if you like your body feeling good, it's a, it's a terrific gift, I think. All right. Your turn, Jeff Shaw. What next? So in keeping with, with, with your theme of making your body feel good in ways that are not necessarily jujitsu related... I'm a big believer in nutrition. And so I take a lot of supplements. I take a lot. And, uh, you know, part of that is because I want to, you know, I want to fuel my body effectively. But part of it is also, you know, to optimize performance. And so my suggestion is to get your person a nutrition plan and or supplements to fill that plan. Um, One of our last guests, Eric Uresk, is a nutrition consultant. There's lots of great nutrition consultants in the area. I'm not telling you to go with any particular guy. But we all have different nutrition goals. And one of the things I really love about jiu-jitsu is, the idea behind the jiu-jitsu philosophy is we want to do this a long time. We want to be able to keep our bodies healthy so we can continue to train, so we can continue to improve our lives. And so you're going to have different goals at different times in your life. Like when I was competing super regularly and when I really wanted to, to, to do well at the, at, the, at the Worlds, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I did everything. And so the, the competitor that's doing this on the daily is going to have maybe different nutritional goals because of weight cuts and whatnot than you know, sort of where I'm at now in my life, which is just wanting to optimize my health, optimize my long-term performance as opposed to my short-term performance. And so one of the, one of the things that I would, you know, and, and every, because everybody's at a different place on this journey, this gift could take a number of different forms. Like either you could hire a nutrition consultant for the person that you're buying the gift for, or if they already have a plan, but they use products that you know are good. I, I, and like, I'll throw out a few of the products that I use. I really like the M Nutrition protein powder uh, because I'm vegan. I also use a particular vegan type of protein powder as well. And uh, these, uh, this, this extend perf- the, and I take a lot of, of branch chain amino acids. Like Cyvation makes this great extend perform stuff that Jason Culbreth turned me on to. The, the important thing is, the important thing is not the specific 
of the gift, right? But the idea that either you provide for them some nutrition planning or you support them in the nutrition plan that you know they're already on. And this is something that, and, and you know, we want to give you over the course of this gift guide ideas for your friend who is absolutely obsessed with jujitsu to the exclusion of everything else, or for your person that really loves training jujitsu but is also just generally interested in keeping themselves healthy. And so that's why I suggest some nutrition oriented gifts. And there are, I will say this since I'm repping the ladies on this show today. Um, we had a guest on the show a while back who does full women's jujitsu lifestyle, uh, including nutrition. Um, and I am brought with names. So. Sophia Drysdale. Thank you. Um, yeah. So uh, I would check out her website, too, which uh, is focused on women and nutrition and jiu-jitsu, which is a little bit of a different beast. It is. And that's SophiaFit.com. And, and Sophia Drysdale, also, I'm glad that you brought her up because this is a person who, although top-level jiu-jitsu competitor for many years, has also done a ton of other fitness-related stuff in addition to you know, being, you know, doing, doing all kinds of fitness competitions, has gone to school for nutrition, and so has a, a terrific background that could, be, that could be very useful. So thanks for lifting that up. And that show with Sophia is available in the archive. So if you're interested in her specific background, uh, go ahead and check that out or just go to her website at sophiafit.com. Cool. So Betsy, I believe it's on to you for our next gift guide suggestion. So I might be like the only person in America who didn't have flip-flops before she started jujitsu, but they're just, you know, they're not good for your feet. And, uh, but I find myself um, slipping my shoes on and off so much that it would be nice to have shower flip-flops and jujitsu flip-flops that are comfortable, lightweight, antimicrobial would be really nice. So, yeah. I am so glad you brought this up because I am, and it's weird because I never thought I would become a flip-flop guy, but I, now I am totally that guy in flip-flops 11 months out of the year. And in fact, you can see me sort of slipping on and off my, my flip-flops, even though it's mid-December. And so I have some thoughts on this. And so as you described, numerous different types of flip-flops out there. Here are a few ideas, you know, again, depending on how into jiu-jitsu you're, 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 the person you're buying the gift for is. For one thing, a lot of people, a lot of companies now make belt rank flip-flops. So if you're a blue belt, you can get like the blue flip flops with the bar, purple belt, et cetera, et cetera. And I, you know, I, I forget some of the companies that, you know, I've had these from a couple of different companies and I, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable throwing out a recommendation without remembering which ones I like the most, but there are belt rank flip flops out there that you can get. Important question. When you get stripes, do you have to have your instructor add them to your flip flops? <laughs> this is a great jujitsu etiquette question. And I don't, I'm not going to pretend to have a firm answer, <laughs> but, but stick around for the jujitsu etiquette segment in the next, uh, in, the, in the bottom of the hour. And I think think that we'll, we'll get to that. Um, the other sort of classic, so there are two other flip-flops that I would elevate, including, and I'm going to recommend the ones that I'm wearing now, but these aren't the ones I'm wearing now. But every jiu-jitsu person has Javianas at some point. It's a Brazilian brand, and it's sort of the classic jiu-jitsu flip-flop with the Brazilian flag on them. Um, and as you say, not necessarily super awesome for your feet, but super awesome to have around the gym. And so Javianas are, are a good gift for any jiu-jitsu practitioner. My personal favorite. Um, and Actually, well, so, so I'm going to list two more, actually, because I own both of these, and one of which was a, was a gift that I love. So the one that is a gift that I love are these things called combat flip-flops that were created by U.S. Army Rangers. And so Bryce Mahoney and I talked about this. They've just recently come out. And if you buy a pair, and these, these folks were veterans of Afghanistan, and they're created from, I think, recycled rubber. Mm -hmm. And so they're 
not only are they a product that's quality, but that's ma- a veteran-owned company made by out of recycled products. But like when you buy these, a certain percentage goes to build schools for young girls in Afghanistan, and so you can really feel good about purchasing these. And I love mine. Um, and and so I think they're com- yeah combatflipflops.com. Yep, and they have the best slogan ever. Which is? Bad for running, worse for fighting. <laughs> yes. And these are actually on the flip-flops and in a stylish, a stylish way. So I will say my favorite pair of flip-flops um, and it, are rainbow sandals. And I get the, because you mentioned the antimicrobial piece. I wear these around everywhere. I wear the, the all-hemp rainbow sandals. Uh, I do the double pile because to maximize foot support. Um, and also because that makes them last long because flip-flops get compressed. And if you have more under you, then the less it's going to get compressed. Uh, they're made of hemp, so they're strong, they're antimicrobial, and they're vegan, so important to me. And what's awesome about them is you can wear them all manner of different places, right? Like, obviously, jiu-jitsu gyms. They're also really good for, like, beach activity because they're, they were des- rainbow sandals are designed by surfers. Um, and they're also they're stylish enough. You can wear them out for a night on the town. <laughs> Fashion flops. Yeah, exactly. At least you can if you're me. (laughs) You know, you might get the stink eye from people that that want you to be a little bit more fashionable, but then, you know, but then we can choke those people. Don't actually choke those people. (laughs) So flip flops are a terrific idea, and I hope some of those suggestions help out a little bit. Uh, Jeff Shaw, what else? What's on your list? So another thing that that we talked about uh, over the last couple of years is an, a subscription to an online jujitsu website because jujitsu people love watching videos. And while YouTube has a lot of good stuff, YouTube also has a lot of terrible stuff. And so one of the, one of the, one of the, uh, the recommendations I make to a lot of newer jujitsu practitioners is watching YouTube gets you into terrible habits because if you're not able to discern the quality of the information, a video by Shanji Hibero looks the same to you as some random dude who has seen, who, who maybe got an online blue belt, right? You just don't have the ability to discern who the quality instruction is if, if it's available out there on YouTube. However, if you're able to gift someone an online subscription with a reputable instructor, you're at, you can be absolutely confident in the quality of that information. And so a few of my favorite websites. So uh, I'm going to list three. And you can't go wrong with any of these. There are also a lot of other great sites out there. I don't mean to exclude, but like I'm just telling you the stuff that I have personal experience with that I can vouch for. And the sort of classic is Marcelo Garcia's mgonline.com. And I love this website because Marcelo is one of the greatest ever and a tremendous instructor, but also because their interface is terrific in that you can search by technique, you can search by instructor, you can search by, all right, is this a class being taught on the guillotine choke? Is this... Marcelo catching the guillotine choke during rolling, during sparring, during competition. And so you can watch not just the technique being taught, but the way the technique is, is actually it looks when it's being implemented. And, and so that sort of robust search engine, in addition to just having a ton of content, there's just a ton of stuff on the site, is awesome. Um, the other instructional site that I always recommend is MendezBros.com, which is the, the Rafael and Guy Mendez, the Mendez Brothers website. And if you're interested in sport jujitsu and you're not learning from these guys, I just don't even know what you're doing because they're just on that level that is, is is epic. And you know, obviously, I love their style of jujitsu as well in terms of its precision. It's I, I love you know I do the barambolo, and so obviously this is a style that I have a particular affinity for. But I think anybody at any level would do really well to to learn from the Mendez brothers because their fundamentals are top notch, and that's something that's often is uh, that, it, that's something that is often misunderstood about the Mendez brothers. They get this 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 rap as the guys that do the Barambolo, the guys that do the 50-50, the guys that do this fancy next level sport jiu-jitsu, and they certainly do that. 
they do fancy jujitsu, but they can do that because their fundamentals are rock solid and the classes are tremendous. Uh, so MendezBros.com, which is also Art of Jiu-Jitsu, is the name of their academy. I think both websites redirect both ways. Can't go wrong there. The final site I will recommend is not an instructional site, although you can certainly learn a lot from it, and that's Flow Grappling. If you want to watch jujitsu just as a spectator, um, then Flow Grappling is is the way to go. Um, they have the contract with the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation now, and so they stream all the IBJJF tournaments, as well as the high-level super fights. Like, there's a lot of discussion on Facebook these days about the match yesterday between Gordon Ryan and Felipe Pena, and uh, the, the, they get the best super fights these days. And so Flow Grappling, I have an annual subscription. An annual subscription, I think, is $120, and then that gets you access to all of their streams. Specifically, why I want to suggest this is, let's say you have a friend. You mentioned Mary Holmes, active, successful jiu-jitsu competitor. You, you know, C.J. Murdoch, Caitlin Huggins, a lot of people that, that are going out and grinding. On, I can't name them all on the IBJJF competition scene. Certainly, John Bagels Telford, who, who's on the show regularly, and uh, you can watch all these people. You can watch your friends, and so even if you're not a sport jiu-jitsu nerd that really cares about the Danaher Death Squad versus you know, Marcelo Garcia's team, even even if you don't care about any of that stuff, you care about the people in your community that are out there and that are competing. And so if you want to watch Mary, if you want to watch Bagels, if you want to watch CJ, Caitlin, Josh Murdoch, all, all these folks, a flow gra- grappling subscription ensures, or even just, you know, the blue belt that you train with that's going to go to Atlanta, you know, if you want to watch your friends, flow grappling is the best way to watch your friends without making road trips. And so that's why I suggest those sites. I can also say this year I've gotten really addicted to The Ultimate Fighter, but since uh, we don't have cable, we watch it uh, with UFC Fight Pass, which if you want to watch fights, it's a winner. So I'm glad you brought that up because they, they also stream, uh, UFC Fight Pass also has the Eddie Bravo Invitationals. And so for people that like no-gi grappling, that, uh, there are a lot of people that really like that particular rule set. You can get that with your UFC Fight Pass subscription, which is uh, 10 bucks a month. And so between Flow Grappling and UFC Fight Pass, all your combat sports needs will get, will get rolled in, in together. Nice. So, uh, so, we've, so, so far, we've got a little bit of something for everybody. I'm, everybody. I'm going to do a quick recap and then, get, and then get you Betsy's next selection. So, so far, for our gift guide, we have geese. We have flip-flops. We have a private with your instructor or your friend's favorite jiu-jitsu practitioner. We have a custom mouth guard like the kind Gladiator Guards makes. We have a gear bag. I made some suggestions for a cage side bag or maybe a Datsusara bag. Betsy brought up sports massage. You're throwing out a particular practitioner in the area. I brought up a nutrition plan or possibly supplements to help fill that plan. And I've just talked about online site subscriptions. So we've got a couple more for you. And Betsy, it's up to you uh, for next. And I just want to remind everybody that you're listening to WHUPLP in Hillsboro, North Carolina. This is Dirty White Belt Radio. I am Jeff Shaw, and my guest host for the day is Betsy O'Donovan. Betsy, do you have another suggestion for the gift guide? I do, and it is uh, something I hope everyone at my gym will keep in mind because I'm going to start competing in March. Uh, very Accountability. You've announced it on live radio. Now I know, you're accountable. It's so scary. Um, yeah, but then I'll have been training about six months, which feels about right for me. But uh, if the jujitsu practitioner you know is interested in um, getting out there and competing at tournaments, registration fees are not super, super spendy, but it is really nice to have in hand. So, um, yeah, if you know that your person is going to be competing, give them a registration fee. I think it's a tremendous idea. And to highlight two things about that. So we talk about U.S. grappling a lot on the show. And U.S. grappling is, 
you know, you know, as I've often mentioned, one of the one of the it is the best tournament experience that I've had. And they come locally. They're coming back to Raleigh in January. And so this would be a terrific idea to, to register your friend. Another thing I want to to lift up about that is a lot of people are somewhat nervous to compete and need that push. And, you know, there's a fine line there, right? Like you don't want it. You want to you want a gift to be a uniformly good thing. But at the same time, you know, if you have a friend who's like, man, I'm a little nervous about I've never done an IBJJF tournament and Atlanta's coming up and I'm on the fence about it. Like well, uh, Vicente Jr., uh, a black belt, good friend of mine um, and, and you know, not someone that that has someone that has a ton of experience competing, but not a lot of nerves. One of the best gifts he got is his his wife on a. Um, registered him for the pans without telling him and it's like hey your plane ticket is taken <laughs> care of uh, your registration fee is taken care of and so it can either be like that little nudge that your new competitor needs or it can be the hey I know this is a logistical thing that was going to be a hassle for you that you were going to have to think about plane tickets you were going to have to think about hotel I just did this for you here you go that's one of this is some of the most thoughtful gifts that I've ever had is when someone thinks about like hey this is something Jeff would probably do anyway but I, I want I want to create some time in his life and I'll say, if it's like for a pal and you don't know their schedule, the way I would do it actually is Christmas card with the amount of registration fee for a U.S. grappling tournament. And if you want to splash out a little bit more, I'd say a gift certificate for the post-tournament meal that everybody looks forward to. So find a place near the tournament site, tell them you'll go with them and get them a gift certificate for the tournament meal. Because support matters and so does that. Looking forward to that plate of fries <laughs> post-tournament meal is a great suggestion and you heard in the sound file that we played that one of my training partners uh jake Saled, was like best thing best jiu-jitsu gift was all you can eat sushi <laughs> so maybe it's not all you can eat sushi for you maybe it's the donovan plate of fries maybe it's fiction kitchen in raleigh the best vegan restaurant in the area mm-hmm. um but uh, but that is another terrific suggestion the post-tournament meal so betsy i can't help but notice that you're a woman i'm so glad you did mm, yeah well you know i'm perceptive that's why they put me on the podcast and so I'm curious, you know, as somebody, are there particular, are there particular things that the jujitsu women in your life might need that you that you might not think of? Why, Jeff, I'm glad you noticed, and I'm even more glad you asked because uh, the two things that I find that I need, jujitsu is a commitment to a laundry lifestyle, right? And I need endless sports bras and an endless supply of ouchless ponytail holders. So Goody makes really good ponytail holders. They're labeled ouchless and they are the best stocking stuffers ever. Um, And then sports bras, which I realize some people might be hesitant to buy for somebody else, but you can find a million of them. Uh, Every woman I know rolls through a whole bunch every week and they don't have to be expensive to be your favorite. My favorite sports bra right now cost me $6. I was just looking at it on Amazon and Um, and the thing I would suggest is like one, if you happen to live with this person, rifle through their laundry and find their most worn out sports bra. It's definitely her favorite, (laughs) but it's going to be her favorite. And then you'll know, like, just look at the label and, and replace it, like get her five. Um, but the other thing is just, you know, it's sports bras are one of those things that it's not like buying lingerie for a lady. It's like, it's sports gear. Uh, so, you know, get her and, and you can also, it's hard to go wrong with champion, you know, they just make a lot of classic things. Um, and it's kind of personal. What you need from a sports bra varies from person to person, but you know, 
just take a look. It's We wear them so they're visible. They're not that personal. Yeah, uh, those are some terrific tips. I, ne- I never would have thought about the ouchless ponytail holder, even though I used to have a ponytail, and in, which inflicted pain on me and many of those around me. But the ouchless ponytail holder is a great idea. And I think the laundry suggestion, although I made a, j- a joke about it, is a terrific suggestion as well. And let me just say this. With all the laundry we do in jiu-jitsu, if you were, in, you know, gender aside, if you were not doing laundry for your partner, you should be doing laundry for your partner anyway. And so with this, it'll just have the side benefit of, hey, this is the brand this person prefers. Perhaps I will get him or her five of these things. <laughs> the male equivalent of uh, sports bra, by the way, for, at least for me, is Valetudo shorts mm-hmm. because, you know, you can wear all sorts of stuff under the gi uh, and 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 many people do. Uh, but I love, you know, and, and let me just describe them. The Valetudo shorts are almost like, or the, they're the fighting equivalent of biker shorts, right? It's spandex, it's it's seamless, it holds everything together. And what I like about it is you can either wear it under the gi, you can wear it under shorts for no gi gear, and you never have to worry about the embarrassing moment of when someone gets a deep pants grip on you about everybody seeing your butt, which, uh, which you know, uh, bothers some of us more than others. <laughs> So do you, you mentioned a couple of, of, of favorite sports bras. Do you, ha- you mentioned the Champion brand. Are there other favorite brands that you prefer or just things that you've noticed that you think are, are people ought to know when they go shopping? Well, so, you know, sports bras are kind of a personal preference thing, like the kind of, you know, they can be like really long and stretch down your torso. They can have crossbacks they can some of them compress others of them support they do a lot of different things so it's really i i can't overstress the checkout and it it's not even that hard just in the gym if you're like looking at a pal you can see she's wearing a sports bra many of them have like champion puts that little c on absolutely everyone so you can you can kind of tell can't go wrong with a gift card and just say like i support you here's a gift card for your sports bras um, what do you think of the Atleta grappling, grappling tights? Or have you have you have experience with those? I haven't those tried products? them yet. Oh, okay, cool. But yeah, I I would just say like it's it's a good gift. Like that's a lot a lot of the things that I would say are the best gifts we're offering here that come in a range of prices are the things that are consumable, like the massage, like the nutrition help. You know, it's stuff that people are going to use and then use up um, or wear out really fast if they're training a lot. So. And they don't have to be, it doesn't have to be expensive or even the object itself to be a meaningful gift. It shows that you're thinking about their lifestyle and what they're spending their time and energy and money on. Yeah, those are terrific suggestions. And so if you, you know, if you have a training partner that you particularly care about, if you are dating someone that loves jujitsu as much as you do or possibly more than you do, these are some ideas that I think will help you. Uh, And as Betsy says, you know, we all know there are some favorite retailers out there, whether it be Champion, whether it be Cage Side Fight Company, whether it be Toro Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. If you have a lot of this, stu- some of this stuff isn't super personal. Some of it is, right? Like, a- and so if you have any questions, you can never go wrong with, uh, you know, finding the retailer that they shop at and then getting them a gift certificate and saying, I want to support you in this thing that you care about. Anything else that you want to mention on the gift guide before we, uh, before we move segments? I think that covers it. But boy, uh, go out there and be merry, be bright. <laughs> Indeed. And folks, uh, you know, for those of you that are procrastinators, you have a week left. And so we probably should have done this episode a couple of weeks ago, but we had some other shows we were excited about to, to get out to you. So we're going to post uh, to the blog today um, all of the th- all of these items as well as where we can links to the products. And so hopefully this will be useful to you. Hopefully you've got your shopping done already. But if you don't and you have procrastinated, we, we, don't worry, we got your back. So we have another segment that we're really excited about. This is WHUPLP in Hillsborough, North Carolina. You're listening to Dirty White Belt Radio. My name is Jeff Shaw. Me and Betsy O'Donovan will be back right on the other side of this. 
North Carolina. So, Boomer, what is the best jujitsu-related present that you've ever given or received? I would say a Toro Gi. Toro Gi is the gift that gives all year long for a few years. And right now, you can get the Toro Primo Gi at cageside.com. It's not on sale because we never put it on sale, but it's an amazing Gi that somebody would love to receive. That's the Toro Primo Gi. So I have one of these geese. They last a long time. Um, but, like, for somebody that maybe is in the market for other kind of apparel needs or fight gear, what kind of good deals do you have going on for uh, th- that type of stuff right now? Uh, all over cageside.com, we have tons of T-shirts. We have a lot of shirts that are 3 for 35. We've got a ton of 3 for 35 deals, and all of our shirts are super soft and comfortable, and you will want to wear them. And they are... A lot of them Jeff Shaw designed. They're really cool, so check those out. So I'm really familiar with the fight gear type of stuff you have from the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu perspective. What about guys that do more striking? Do you have particular striking products that you have excellent? Uh, you have, do you have anything new out? Do you have anything interesting going on from a deal perspective for the guys that do Muay Thai or other forms of kickboxing? Yes, uh, we have the cage side edge gloves out. Uh, these are the Edge 7.0, the newest model for 2017. These are genuine leather. Uh, they are awesome gloves. Um, and we also have the uh, Cage Side Tank shin guards, which I believe are the best shin guards available. They are $80. They are made of genuine leather. They are awesome gloves. Uh, awesome gloves. Awesome shin, shin guards. Uh, Trevor Hayes loves them. Uh, Trevor actually sleeps with them, I think. That is correct. And Trevor's dog is awesome. Anyway, uh, yeah, and we have a package deal. Uh, it's the Christmas special where you can get the edge gloves, a pair of shorts, hand wraps, and the uh, tank shin guards. And it's a really good deal. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think it's like $165, which is a super good deal. And you can find that on cageside.com. So in terms of fictional characters, I've always thought of myself as being like a cross between Lucy Van Pellet from Peanuts and Clarissa from Clarissa, Clarissa Explains It All. And so we, when we're thinking of new segments, uh, especially when you've been doing jiu-jitsu for a long time and someone that uh, – and, and the person that you're dating is just starting, you have varying degrees of knowledge about – what is expected and so we were talking about new segments for the show and betsy had a terrific idea betsy do you want to talk about where we're going with this absolutely so uh one of the things i feel like i have a a huge advantage in that i'm dating somebody who's been practicing jujitsu for a really long time and who thinks about it in similar ways that i do um but I think a lot of, I know a lot of people who walk into the gym for the first time don't have the advantage of having done kind of the curious, idle, periodic question asking that I do about what would it be like when I started? What should I do? How are people? And you don't just hear the gossip. Like if you're just walking in off the street, you don't have that advantage. 
And Reddit can only do so much. And Ain't that the truth. There's a lot of bad advice on the internet. So uh, for my money, one of the the best gifts you can give somebody who is new to jujitsu is information about how to be good in the culture of jujitsu. Not just good at it, that'll come, but like, so uh, we'll get to it. The advice I wanna ask is actually how from day one can a person walk in and be an asset to the gym without knowing a lot of jujitsu? How do you be a good person at the gym? So this is a tremendous and broad question, and I want to use it to jump off with a couple of the caveats that I'm going to say a lot, which is everything is going to vary from gym to gym, right? Gyms have cultures much like, you know, a, different colleges have cultures. Things that would operate at Harvard or would operate differently at the University of Oregon, would operate differently at, uh, at Wake Forest and such like that. And so different gyms are going to have different outcomes. And a lot of, a lot of as we discuss these sort of etiquette questions, I just want to acknowledge that. The other thing I want to acknowledge is consider the source. You know, I'm one guy and a lot of this stuff is going to be my opinion, which is all that advice is really required for, right, is someone to ask your opinion. And so I'm happy to happy to give it. One thing that I hope happens is if the listeners hear my advice and they either say, oh, yeah, Jeff got that exactly right. Or if they're like, well, you left this out or, man, you are off base on this one, that you can communicate with us and let us know because n- no one of us is as smart as all of us and things are going to vary from gym to gym. Is there a number of people should call and leave voicemails if they want to uh, give y- feedback? You know, in fact, there is, although I don't have it with me. So uh, <laughs> well, so why don't we uh, we'll, we'll give that number later in the show. Uh, it's my Google voice number. But uh, but you can always email the, your questions or your answers uh, to cagesidewhup at gmail.com or in the Facebook thread where we post the show or on the SoundCloud thread where we post the show, please feel free to give us feedback about what we got right, what we got wrong, what questions you would like to see answered during this segment where Jeff explains it all, um, or at least some of it. So, all right, let me reframe my question, Jeff Shaw. How does one be a perfect day one white belt? This is a terrific question. So, my instructor, Seth Champ, is fond of saying, keep your head down and train, which is often voiced as uh, shut up and train, which you don't want to tell people initially because I want to encourage questions but like really that's what we talk about and so we have so the perfect way to be a day one white belt from my perspective the broadly you want to be clear that you're there to learn and that you're there to learn the art you're entering a culture and in the same way that you enter any different culture like if you're traveling overseas you want to be a little bit overly polite and overly deferential to make sure that you acknowledge the other people that the, you know the other people that have spent their lives committing to this and and recognize its value in the same way that if you were an artist and you went to Japan to s- study woodblock art you would not walk into your first class and start talking about how you do woodblock art you know so the biggest mistake that I think a lot of people make, particularly people that have done martial arts before, is they're overly anxious to talk about how things are done in arts that they have practiced previously. Like if you're being shown a wrist lock, like, oh, yeah, that's just like Aikido. It's like, well, you know, maybe it is. Uh, but at the same time, this is not the, the proper way to really ingratiate yourself to folks. And so the, you know, the, let's start with the roadhouse rule which is always be nice until it's time to not be nice. And it won't be time to not be nice for a long time. And so when you're meeting folks, you know, the, so be overly polite, um, be, show that you are open to learning. And much like in fiction, the best way to do something is to show, not tell. So if you're serious about learning jujitsu and you're serious about being a productive and contributing member of the gym, then show folks. Well, how do you show folks? Drill well with your partners, do what the instructor asks, 
ask intelligent questions, but don't talk overly much because you have to have the faith that all will be revealed over the, over the, over the period of time. And just bring a positive attitude to the mat every day. I think a lot of things can be forgiven. And one thing I should mention is everybody screws up. And Every, and and that, that's not an unforgivable sin. Like, recognize that as a new person, you will get more slack than a person who's been training for two years or four years. And that, you know, there are unwritten rules everywhere, and we all violate them sometimes. But a new person who is acting out of good faith and a little bit of ignorance is certainly not going to face the kind of backlash that someone that really ought to know better and probably does know better should. And so bring a positive attitude. Um, listen more than you talk. Uh, do what the instructor asks precisely when the instructor asks it. If it's time to drill, drill. If it's time to listen, listen. If it's time to exercise, we're going to exercise. And just kind of slowly immerse yourself in that water, toe first, while gradually going for the full body immersion that we all want. All right. I want to ask you two follow-ups about that because I think – you know, for people who've been at it for a while, drill well means something. But for people who are new, what is drilling well? This is a great question. And I actually want to do a full blog post about that, about the proper way to drill. Because there are a lot of different things that people mean when they say drilling. So from a day one perspective, though, there is a very specific thing that is meant. So in most Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes, it goes like this. You know, we do a brief introduction and a warm-up. Some folks do a warm-up. Some folks don't. The instructor teaches technique and then we drill that technique, and then after, there, there's often sparring. So talking about drilling the technique, the proper way to do, and actually, I want to repeat something John Plyler said to me once. Uh, John Plyler is a black belt under Hoist Gracie, really excellent uh, practitioner and teacher out of Charlotte. And John said, you know, when I look around at people drilling, the black belts are all silently trying to replicate precisely what the instructor has shown in precisely the order the instructor has shown it. And the only people like goofing around and talking about, well, I would probably do this here, I'd probably do that here, are the lower belts. And, you know, obviously that there's a lot of variance within those belt ranks. But, like, if you, if you want to take advice from the folks that have been doing this a long time, uh, the black belts get good at stuff by listening to all the details trying to replicate those details precisely. So let me give you the example. My friend, you know, my instructor, Seth Champ, teaches an arm bar in a very, very precise, detail-oriented, and complex manner. I forget exactly how many steps. I think he teaches 12 specific steps to the arm bar. It's like, all right, do this first, then do this, then do that, then do this. Now, is that the only way to do an arm bar? Certainly not. But from a learning perspective and from a new person perspective, the best thing to do is to Repeat those steps precisely, trying to hit each as slowly as possible. The two most common mistakes people, new people, make while drilling. The first is they resist the move, which is not something that you should do, um, especially not at first. This isn't a time for us to see if we can defend this move. This is a time where all of us as practitioners are trying to learn this move particularly. In order to learn this move, you gotta ha you got to do it with your partner not trying to stop you like there's a defense for everything and if your partner knows it good for them uh, defending is not the type the, the time uh, drilling is not the time to happen when defending the second biggest mistake that i think people make and this uh, this may combine two things but i'm going to explain it is they do it too fast or they don't do it enough so for example if you're doing a mount escape and you teach the, you know, the the day one mount escape we call the upa or the bridge and roll escape where you trap the arm in a particular way then you trap the foot and then you bridge toward those trapped posts, come up on top and escape the mount. The most common mistake would be somebody tries to do those things all at one time in an explosive motion. Now, you might have to do that when you're rolling, 
you shouldn't probably do it when you're rolling anyway, but but you might have to put all those together seamlessly and quickly in a sparring environment. In a drilling environment, slow makes smooth, smooth makes fast. And if you compromise that technique on the front end, you're going to have to make it up on the back end with force and explosiveness, and that's not really what jiu-jitsu is about. So huge common mistake is, oh, Seth showed me four details to this technique. I'm going to do them all at one time. You know, blow, trap, arm, trap, 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 bridge, roll. No, drill it slowly, drill it precisely. The corollary to that mistake is people drill it like two or three times and are like, got it, show me another move. No, you don't. Um, there's a famous picture of Horian Gracie and Fabio Gergel, both of whom have red belts now, both of whom are legendary teachers, competitors, you know, in, in, in Gergel's case. And there's a, a picture of them in their 60s training the UPA just drilling the upo with each other two like grand masters of the art drilling the day one mount escape and it's like man if these guys still need to drill the upa or these guys still think drilling the upa has value you know you, you can do it in your first year of jujitsu and don't do it three times and think you've got it so so that's 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 my take on how you drill properly and let me just throw in one other shout out which is like there's an anti-drilling movement among like a subset of practitioners of the art these days like kit dale famously was like i don't drill it's like, man, all right, so Fabio Gigel, Horian Gracie, and Rafael Mendez all drill. Kit Dale doesn't drill. Who do you want to be like? <laughs> and, and the jiu-jitsu nerds, and, and, and I, I think drilling is super important. I think doing it right is super important. I think you should do more of it. I think you should do it slower, and I think you should do it in a way that hits all the details the way the instructor tells you. Also, drilling's fun. Um, okay, my second follow-up, and I know we're short on time, uh, but my second follow-up is... You said, ask intelligent questions, ask questions the right way. And I will just drop in something I have observed, which is in class, you know, my one of my favorite classmates, uh, Shane Kirk, who just got his blue belt, um, is famously the guy who asks questions every day. And he always asks to see a technique again, which I find huge value in as his classmate. I appreciate when he asks that because it means I don't have to. Um, and Shane asks questions really well mm -hmm. and respectfully. So I've seen classes, I've seen people ask questions where it sounds like they are challenging the technique or the instructor's knowledge or why are we even doing this? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's really counterproductive because it's not going to change what we're doing. We're doing this. Mm -hmm. um, and we're doing it for a reason. Uh, but people... I have seen people ask questions in ways that come off as really rude or time-wasting. And so can you clarify what a, the difference is between a valuable question in class and a, a time-wasting or rude question is? Absolutely. I would say three things about this. And the, the first two are what not to do. As you, as you alluded to, don't ever question whether a technique is going to work. Your instructor is not going to show you anything that is not going to work. I know that especially the black belts in the area, you know, they're not going to show you something that they are not confident would work for the particular situation that they're describing. And so intimating that a technique would not work or when would I ever use this is really disrespectful and silly, you know. Uh, and and so, so and that should be obvious. It should go without saying. But uh, sometimes things that should go without saying should be said. Can we take that question, though, the when would I ever use this? Because sometimes I do want to know, when would I use this? What yeah. are the circumstances? Sure, and there's a precise way, and there's a better way to ask that question, which is, hey, in, in what situations would this be useful? You know, as opposed to, like, when is this ever going to work? You know, there's it, tone matters, and, and, and you know, it, it, the, your approach matters, right? Like, if you, if you are communicating that my approach here is to understand when I'm going to use this valuable thing that you're showing me, that's one thing. If you're like, man, the you know th this particular choke would never work, 
that's probably going to get you into some trouble. So don't do that. Um, the second thing that you shouldn't do is you should never be afraid to ask questions. Like Kim Rice is one of the best jiu-jitsu people that I've trained with, one of the top-level competitors in the area. For you know, Kim and I have trained together six or seven years now, and like Kim and I were always the people that wanted to see the technique one more time. Like uh, Seth used to actually sing that one more time dance song after <laughs> after Kim would do this, uh, you know, one more time because he knew that either me or Kim would ask to see it one more time, and like. We're here for that. We're here to learn. And if it's not you asking, you know, somebody else wants to see the technique one more time. I guarantee it. And so often I will try to do that. I will try to ask if, you know, to see the technique one more time, even if I, if, if I think somebody is going to be shy about it. Um, the, and so, so I'm going to make a distinction. Like if you, you should always feel free, I think, to ask questions about like, okay, how do I do this? Make sure, can I be sure I get this detail right? Can I see that one more time to make sure I get where I, put my foot correctly and such like that. Those are super valuable questions. The third thing I want to say is sort of the flip side of that, which is uh, Seth calls this the what if drawer, which is like, yeah, but what if he does this? And the thing is, jujitsu is an incredibly complex martial art because grappling is incredibly complex. Just the ways that one person can move their body are practically infinite. When you're moving your body in concert with another person who is trying to stop you, man, the, the, it's like chess. It's the, the possibilities are, are limitless. And so if your instructor is, is showing you particularly, let's say, the collar choke, basic collar choke from guard, good questions are like, okay, well, what are the details about getting that collar grip? They're going to help me do this successfully. Or like, hey, how do I catch that second grip in an effective way that's going to enable me to choke? Questions that are about the technique. Production, questions that are unproductive questions are, and this is where Seth talks about the what if drawer, is like, okay, but what if he puts his hand in? Okay, what if he does? What if he stands up? You know, and the thing is, these are not inva- and and the reason that I think this is useful information is, these are not dumb questions. These are not invalid questions because those are certainly situations that come up either in a grappling match or a self defense situation. People are going to do those things. The thing is, you have to focus on getting the component parts right before you can focus on working the component parts together. And so, if you don't get the collar choke correct, then the what if drawer doesn't matter, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you can't get it in the optimal conditions, don't worry about the suboptimal conditions. And mm-hmm. so that, the, the, those, are the, those are the things that I think make good questions. I'm also curious about asking questions, at, like which cla- uh, questions to ask in class and which to ask after. Like, because often I have a diagnostic question of like, I can't hit this technique because or under this condition help which feels like it might be a time waster for the rest of the class because there are a million conditions under which I can't hit techniques right now Um, but yeah what's the when you have a specific problem with diagnostics do you always wait for a private for that is there a can you when can you ask that stuff that's a terrific question and I think you hit on the core decision making process which is is this going to be useful to the rest of the class and so when you're an early white belt I would err on the side of I figure just more drilling and training and sparring is going to get me the timing that's going to help me hit this particular technique but if you find yourself in one particular condition that you notice other people are also struggling with very useful I think to ask those questions and you can also sort of Take get a little bit of feel for how class is going too, right? Like if you're short on time, then maybe don't ask the question. But if it's one of those things where it's clear that the instructor is eager to impart extra information, then take advantage of that. One example I would I would mention is the collar choke scissor sweep, just because we're talking about the collar choke, right? Often, if someone defends a collar choke, the opportunity comes up to hit the scissor sweep, and so 
if your instructor is teaching a series where, where he or she is teaching those techniques together, you can bet, and there's a bunch of white belts in the class, you can bet that they're struggling with that. This is another factor, right? It's like, what's the composition of the class? If you are far and away the least experienced person there, then you might be a little more circumspect than if there are other five white belts who might be terrified to ask this question and you're looking around and you sort of see in their eyes that like, yeah, okay, I, I understand that this is a great technique, but I don't necessarily feel comfortable in it. Then, you know, make that determination again, based on what would be most useful to the rest of the class. And so that, that's how I would answer that. Cool. Jeff, I have literally a 30-item list of etiquette questions about jiu-jitsu that I want to ask you, and I am so sorry that we don't get to hit them today. Can we do this again? I would love to make this a recurring segment. So, folks, if you would like, if, you, if there's an etiquette issue in jiu-jitsu, a protocol issue that you want, us, want to see us handle, because I do think it's valuable to have someone that's a bit more experienced than with someone who's a new white belt um, talking about what would be most useful for us. I mean, we're all trying to make our gyms the most helpful and productive learning environments possible and so if you have questions you want to ask if you have some feedback on this then please feel free to let us know email us at cagesidewhup at gmail.com or leave us a comment on soundcloud or on facebook and i want to thank you for asking really and you know and to sort of put the bow around it here in the holiday season i want to thank you for asking what our very very what are intelligent questions about jujitsu etiquette <laughs> oh i am happy to rep all the dumb white belts on the show whenever you need someone to do that <laughs> yeah well I'll, i will happily rep all the dumb purple belts well folks that's our show for today i want to thank you all for listening i want to thank uh, my guest host betsy o'donovan who hopefully will be back with this segment in the future um i want to mention that you can subscribe to us on itunes soundcloud and stitcher you can also always get at us on twitter instagram facebook uh, email uh, semaphore code and the occasional smoke signal. So this is Dirty White Belt Radio. My name is Jeff Shaw. We will be back at you not next week, but after the first of the year. So our first show is going to be at the end of the first week in January. I wish you all happy holidays, excellent training, and we will see you in 2017. I want to talk to you guys about Cageside Fight Company for a second. I've been buying from Cageside for more than six years, and about 99% of the gear that I use is from Cageside. That's not because other companies don't make good stuff. They do. It's just that Cageside offers the highest quality products at the best value and, no joke, the best customer service I've ever experienced in my life. So whether you're looking for shin pads, whether you're looking for Thai gear, whether you're looking for Brazilian jiu-jitsu geese or Valetudo shorts, whether you're looking for the coolest t-shirts around, check out Cageside.com or come into their fight shop at one two four Lotta Road right in Durham, North Carolina. You won't be sorry. Another thing I want to mention about Cage Side is they do more to support local fighters and local Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitors than just about anybody else. And so we've got to support the people that support us. Check out Cage Side Fight Company, 124 Lotta Road in Durham, North Carolina, or online at cageside.com.